like a best lesson to your children. Type, no, 40. Boker Tov. We are studying Parashat Toledot. Yes. We've completed the saga of Avraham. Now man. we get to this. What a man, right? Avraham is, I, personally, I think he's my favorite. He's my favorite character. The reason I love Avraham so much is because of his ability to promote an ideology that nobody else believes. It takes so much courage. He was a pioneer. Incredible courage. Incredible courage. Alone you know, if, everyone. if everybody is thinking the same way, if everybody is thinking about something the same way, and you are the only one who thinks differently, there's a strong tendency to say, well, I guess everybody can't be wrong. Can't be that everybody is wrong, think, but he, he I realized think, I think that. that his wife was the most important asset that he had because she stood with him. And, and it's interesting you say that because that, that maybe is one of the things Abraham had to learn. He had to learn to appreciate that, no, it's through Sarah that Yitzchak is going to come. It's through Sarah specifically. And it's not, it's not going to come through Hagar. Because when okay? you have an ideology, if your wife is standing with you, you can go. If she doesn't stand with you, you're... It's, Lessons from, lessons from Giacomo. Okay. Uh, let's, let's look at the end of last week's parasha quickly. The end of last week's parasha tells us the Toledot of Ishmael. And remember we said Toledot comes up when we're making one of two choices. Either we finish, Either we finish with a person or, we or we're showing that here is the, the person's, uh, the next phase of the covenant. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we have the, the Toledot of Ishmael comes right before the Toledot of yeah. Yitzchak. Yitzchak. So obviously they're going to be parallel. So let's look at the Toledots. Pasuk Yudbet. Ve'ele Toledot Ishmael ben Abraham. These are the descendants or the happenings of... Toledot here means descendants. Of Ishmael, the son of Abraham. Asher yaleda Hagar ha-Mitzrit shifchat Sarah le-Abraham. That Hagar, the Mitzrit, gave birth to, for Abraham. Interesting. It goes out of its way. It goes out of its way to say it's Hagar ha-Mitzrit. Specifically. Okay, and then it goes through Ishmael's names, and then it says that, and they, the, where they dwelt. Fine. Now let's go to our parasha. Pasuk Yud Tet. Ve'ele toledot Yitzchak ben Abraham. And this, these are the descendants of Yitzchak ben Abraham, or these are the stories of Yitzchak ben Abraham. Abraham holid et Yitzchak. Abraham uh, gave birth or uh, had Yitzchak. And the first thing that strikes us is that that the text is clearly making something very evident. And that is that Yishmael, the reason he is getting kicked out of the covenant is because He's not. of his mother. Yeah. is because he was, he was uh, corrupted by the seed of Mitzrayim and by Hagar. But Yitzchak, the most defining characteristic about Yitzchak is going to be that he's going to continue in the ways of his father. So it's Yitzchak... These are the, the stories of Yitzchak. The first thing you have to know is that unlike Ishmael who was born, who is considered to be a Mitzri in our, our eyes, Yitzchak is a true descendant of Abraham. Okay? Pasuk Kaf. And now this Pasuk is also going to be something that we know, but the, it's going back this, to give us a little bit of backstory. Isn't there also um, a, a Midrash or saying that the reason why I say Abraham needed Yitzchak is because should know that it wasn't Avimelech. It was. There's no doubt. Uh, that this make is, sure. So make sure. this is, is uh, yes. The the, the problem. I mean the the with the warranty. The cynical view of the text, the very cynical. It's yes, it's yes. very inappropriate. Even is that if you look when Yitzchak is born, it's after the saga exactly. with Avimelech. So the cynical, inappropriate view is that oh, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. 
Maybe Abimelech will touch. The Torah says explicitly that Abimelech didn't touch Sarah. Mm-hmm. Right? But, but so and this is just making clear. Like so the, yeah, so the Pasuk is just making clear that this is but it's specifically. Funny how, why do we mention Abraham usually would say, because all up until now, you know, he's, he's Sarah's son. Yes. Oh, it's yeah, what is oh, it? oh, it's a good question. Yes, I was thinking that as I was saying it. Yes. By Ishmael, it says the son of this is Hagar's son. By Avra, by Yitzchak, could it could be that you have to understand it as so? The question is, let me just make clear for the recording because I don't know how much of how far the, the recording hears. But the question is, if you're going to say that the Toledot of Ishmael is, we focus on the fact that it was Hagar who gave birth to Ishmael. Then in Yitzchak, it should have said, Sarah gave birth to Asher Yaleda Sarah le Avraham. So I'm thinking that perhaps what's going on is as follows. The, the important thing is to be descendant of Abraham, because Abraham is the one that had the, the covenant with, with Boreolam. Sarah wasn't in the Brit Ben Abitarim, seemingly. It was Abraham who had the covenant. And it is Yishmael. What happens is you need to be taken out of the covenant. Meaning, meaning, for you to be disqualified from the covenant, there must be something wrong with you. So what was wrong with Ishmael? The fact that he was born to Hagar. But because Yitzchak, there was nothing wrong with him because he was born to Sarah, so he's considered descendant of Abraham. Meaning what we're trying to point out is Ishmael is not considered descendant of, of the covenant of Abraham because of Hagar. Now Yitzchak was born to Abraham Truly, because there was no nothing to disqualify him. Maybe you could understand yeah, it like that. Yes. It, it makes it. I look. It's a very good question. Uh, but okay. Pasuk was forty years old when he took Rivka, the daughter of Betuel, the Aramean, Mipadan Aram. Padan Aram is like Aram Naharaim. Okay, same thing. Achot Lavan Harami Lol Isha. The sister of Lavan Ha'arami, Lod Isha. What's interesting about this pasuk? What word comes up a couple of times? <laughs> Yitzhak was, yes, Yitzhak Arami, was 40 Arami, years Arami. old when he took Rivka, the daughter of Betuel, the Aramean, from Padan Aram. The sister of Lavan, the Aramean. We learned this in the Haggadah. So, Armenian? No, 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 no. no, no, no. Aram, Aramean learned, is from Aram. We learned this in the Haggadah. Aram, Aram is like uh, one of the cities the around Haran. Yeah, you're right. We oh. did the Haggadah. Yes. The opening of the Haggadah is uh, Arami. 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 We learned about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ma'avikesh Lavan Arami la sotliya thing that he would be kesh la akorat akol. Yeah. The the but the pasuk here is probably trying to stress that look of, look where Rifka is coming from. She's coming from family that is Aram, and she left the ways of Aram. And it's also telling us it's probably giving us a backstory that. These people were not uh, great yes. Sadiqim yes. that she came from. These people were Arameans at the end of the day. And maybe it's, it's, it's to speak highly of Rifka. Maybe yes. it's to give us a little bit of an indication of... Because we're going to meet Lavan again. Yes. Well, so, <laughs> so we have to know. By the way, Lavan is an Aramean. He's not, he's nothing, uh, he's not so good. Okay. Pasuk Kaf Aleph. Vayetar Yitzchak l'Adonai l'Nochach Ishto ki akarahi. Vayetar lo Adonai. Vatahar Rifka Ishto. And Yitzchak... Prayed to God regarding his wife, for she was barren. And God answered his prayer, and she became pregnant. So this pasuk, I'm stopping at every pasuk, because every pasuk... By the way, there's a, 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 a small note about Yitzchak. There's nothing about Yitzchak in the Torah, you realize. There's barely anything. We have, we have this story here. 
we have the story. We have this story here. Um, the only thing we know about him is that he fathers Yaakov and, and Esav, and then he, he's going to go to Gerar once. And he's going to have a he's going to have a run in with Abimelech once, and then he's going to dig a few wells, and then we, we forget. We, we that's it. There's more about Rivka, I think, than Yitzchak. Yes. There's a lot about Rivka. Yitzchak, Yitzchak takes a very passive role in the yes. text. Very passive. Rivka seems to be the star of the show, yes. and immediately the first thing we know about Yitzchak is that he has kids. Meaning with Abraham. They had a lot of stories before he had kids. You know, he had the war with the kings. He had a run-in with uh, Paro. Um, he had the, the prayer about Sedom. He had the, his stories with Lot, his fighting with Lot. Yitzchak is very, very little. And, and that's why, by the way, every pasuk about Yitzchak is so precious because we have to try to figure out what's going on. You know? But we have so little about him. So we need a, he's also a very opaque, very uh, hard character to figure out. Very quiet. He's very quiet. And, and, he, and his relationship with Rivka is a bit strange. For some reason, we, that's what, what bothers me every year is that they don't seem to be communicating well. And Rivka seems to be going out of her way or, or trying to trick him into things. And on top of that, their initial meeting was also strange. She falls off the camel and it's, we don't not, we don't, we're not sure if... if she, fell, she actually fell off or it just means she alighted from the camel or she came off the camel. But there's something odd about that also. And then when she meets him, she says, is, is this my master? She covers her. Yeah. And she covers her. There is something so odd about the relationship. But on the other thing, when he's with Ayamelech, he saw that she and, and Isaac, they were... Oh, for sure. They, uh, it seems like yeah. he, he... Of course he loved her because it also says, and, and he took Rivka and she was to him a wife and he loved her. And she, he felt relieved or consoled over the loss of his mother. But I, I, it's just strange. I'm just trying to point to you the difficulty with the character of Yitzchak. So we, we'll, take, we'll be very careful with these psukim because we don't have much to work with. Okay. But He praised to God regarding his wife. And God responds to his prayer and Rivka becomes pregnant. And the fact that he prays to God is interesting. Abraham also struggled with, with barrenness. All of them. They all struggled with barrenness. I mean, not... This yeah. one was immediate response. This was an immediate... I mean, we, it's, it wasn't a drawn years. out... 20 years. It was 20 years. It was a long time. They got married at 40 and they had, they had Yitzchak at 60. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they had Yaakov and Esav at 60. The, but I, I'm trying to see what, what do we make of this tefillah. Did Abraham pray for a child? Yeah. For no. Yeah. Oh, he kind uh, of complained. Remember when Abraham... He says, yeah, uh, the only person I have is the Eliezer, the Damascian. So Avraham doesn't seem to pray, but no. Yitzchak prays. Does that make him better than Avraham? Does it make it different Maybe from Avraham? Hashem wants you to pray. To be able to. Oh, okay, so now, putting all that aside, I'm, I'm raising a million questions which I don't know the answers to. Yeah. But, but putting all that aside, what we do know the answer to is what is the significance of the barrenness mm-hmm. of these, of these yeah. women? And that... Is, do, you remember, do you remember whenever we spoke about um, Chava giving birth to Cain? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and what did she say? She said, Kaniti ish et Adonai, that I've created a man with God. And we said there's one interpretation to that piece which sees Chava as being a little bit, of, a little bit arrogant, where she thinks that because she's given birth to a child, she's, godly. she's like godly, which is true to an extent, but it should not cause arrogance, meaning it shouldn't make you think you're equal to God. It should, you should, you're you should appreciate your creator, your creator of life, but don't let it get to your head, right? So it seems like all of the barrenness of the mothers is to combat that potential, for them to appreciate the gift of children, 
so that they, that they realize that children are a gift from God. And then what happens when you realize that a child is a gift from God? Well, let's look at somebody else who, who got a child as a gift from God. Hana. Mm-hmm. What does she do? She's barren, right? She can't have kids. But Hana goes and she prays and she gets, and she gets a blessing from Eli or whatever. Yes. And she has a child. And then what does she do? Because she's so grateful to God that God gave her a child. She gives the child, she gives the child to the Beit HaMikdash in the service of God. So all of the barrenness that we're seeing in the forefathers and the, and the, mother, and the, and the mothers is for them to appreciate that their children are gifts from God so that they can ultimately lead them and put them in that path. You know, if, if you take your child for granted, then, and you think you're the one who produced the child, then why do I have to give anything to God? I, I brought the child together. It happened to all of our, but, all of our forefathers. Yeah, it happens to all of our forefathers, and the idea is, is, wow, God gave me this gift of a child, now I have to make sure that I have the child walk in the way of God. That seems to be the underlying theme with all of the barrenness. And you see it throughout the Tanakh, it's not just here. The concept from, it started... Of monotheism from Abraham Avinu. Bless you. So that concept, that concept, it has to has to develop, in my opinion, over the course of generations and, and enter into their bloodstream, into their bloodstream, into their the way you know. Okay, Abraham didn't necessarily pray, but the next generation started to pray. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. So Daniel's saying, yeah. Daniel's saying that the prayer here is significant because it's, it shows a further development of the, of the ideology of Abraham to the next phase, where the relationship with God becomes self-evident to the extent that they'll pray for it. Yeah. That they'll pray for children, let's say. Abraham had the concept and Yitzhak further develops it. There's a lot of talk about Yitzhak being a, a, not an, an innovator, but he's a transmitter. He doesn't innovate anything in the way of Abraham, but he does ground it. And, he, he, and we'll see it with the later stories in the parasha about the wells, you know, and the redigging of Abraham's wells. It's, it's to emphasize the fact that he's just, he's just holding on and, and kind of setting in stone what Abraham achieved without actually adding much. But Daniel is saying, no, maybe there's even some addition to it, that he's praying and he's further developing that ideology. All of this is speculation, but it's, it's good speculation. It's a thoughtful speculation. Pasuk 22. Pasuk the kids were thrashing inside her. And she said, what's going on? Why, why is this happening to me? I, it's a difficult translation. But it's something like, why is this happening to me? And she goes to seek out God. Now, what does it mean to seek out God? Hard to, hard to say. We, we, so there was one Midrash that says she went to Shem or the Shem in the Beit Midrash of Shem. Another Midrash says that she went to Abraham. That she went to Abraham to seek out uh, uh, from God. It's hard to say, but I think the key point is going to be that she gets a response, some kind of nevuah, but it's, but it's a vague nevuah. We know exactly what she's told, word for word. And it's, we'll, we'll read how vague it is. God says to her, There are two nations in your stomach, in your womb. And two nations will separate from your womb. One will be stronger than the other. One nation will be stronger than the other. Somebody translate, what, what, how does it translate? And the elder shall serve the younger. The elder shall serve the younger. Could I translate it like this? Could I translate? The elder, wait, wait. The elder 
the younger will serve. You could translate it in two ways, no? I'll, I'll translate it literally and you could read it two ways. The elder will serve the younger or the elder serve or, or the elder younger will serve. Because in Hebrew you could do it like that. So, so again, this is very vague. Uh, maybe even she's hearing the vagueness of or the ambiguity in the oracle herself. Okay, but but clearly she now knows that she has two nations in her stomach, and that one of them will be stronger than the other, and one of them will serve the other. It seems like pshat is at the old one. No, 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 no. I, refer, I, I think it's referring to the older and the younger. Because Sa'ir means younger. Sa'ir is in reference to age. Okay. Uh, does Yitzhak know about this? No. No. None was, none of, none of so them. perhaps what's going I mean, what we're going she to see is... It seems like she doesn't tell him about Nothing. this. So she's carrying around the secret that she has two nations and one of them will serve the other one and the older will serve Why? the younger. She's carrying around this secret Why? Why with she's her. Not telling? Why is she not telling? Maybe that says something about Yitzhak. What does it say about Yitzchak? I don't know. Sometimes, because when he made the point, how come she said about Agar Mitzri, but he didn't say nothing about Yitzchak Sarah? And you're saying that there's not much being said about Yitzchak. You should really go for every line trying to figure out. Okay. You're saying maybe sometimes the author or the text, sometimes it tells you things between the lines by not saying something about the so okay, character but, you've to figure uh, out. Yeah, but I, I know. But what are we trying? What are we going to figure out from this? Uh, so it seems like Rivka has an advantage. Rivka seems to have an advantage of knowing she this. It doesn't. We, have, we don't have any indication that she tells Yitzchak this. No, so now she is going to be going to be operating with this very focused mindset on. Hold on, I have two nations in my stomach. One of them is going to be the chosen one. One of them is going to, to be the gonna, service. And she's going to have the, the younger one as a favorite. And she seems like the younger one is a favorite. Now Yitzchak doesn't know that the younger one was favorite. Yes. Again, I, I inserted there that it may, you may be able to interpret it backwards. But the pshat is that the younger one, the older one, will serve the younger one. So very, very uh, interesting stuff. First one comes out red. Like a hairy mantle. Meaning his, his hair was like a mantle. And they called him Esav. And afterwards his brother came out. And his hand was clinging to the, to the ankle of Esav. And his name was called Yaakov. And Yitzchak was 60 years old and he gave birth to them. Maybe the effect of Yitzchak having the relationship with uh, Ishmael and she know about that and now telling him the scenario that it's like this. Does it have anything to do with it? I didn't understand no. what you said. No. What I'm trying to say is that she knows that there is something going on with her true child. Okay. And them it's like clinging into something. So what, what, what does this all mean? What does it the mean that... The relationship that he had, Yitzchak, with Ishmael, maybe that could have affected that and it could do with it. Her knowing about that and not telling him anything. Tough call. Tough call. No, I, I don't. I, I don't personally I see it, but it. I have to think about it. Daniel doesn't buy it. Okay. Uh, all these brothers until here, they all have issues. Yeah, every other brothers, are the the familial uh, problems are, are are typical, and that's one of the things in the Torah which we saw with the Kain and Hevel story that is, and we asked this before when we studied that story, is the natural tendency for brothers to be love or is it to be competition brothers are pitted against each other pretty obviously as as competitors and and by the way if i'm trying to show that there's going to be some sort of competition what do i do as a narrator to a text if i want to show that there's going to be brotherly competition what do i do i make them twins if i want to show that there's going to be a choice to be made 
you make them twins because there's no better way to highlight a competition than, than having twins. They're both put in the same place. They have their minute differences, but they're the same age, so they both have claim to the birthright. And which one's going to be chosen? So here we have a choice to make. And that's clear from the text that there's going to that that the fact that there's twins we have we have a choice to make. Okay, um, but tomorrow I'm going to analyze more what this means that wow. the two the two nations and and what could be a very deep a way of what does it mean to hold on to the ankle? Uh, let's save that for tomorrow. Uh, the text concludes with the story. I mean this 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 chapter concludes with the story of the of the the pot the, the porridge. Yes. That, that Yaakov yes. sells to Esav Yeah, the lentil soup that's the, birth, the birthright Right, that Yaakov sells to Esav In return for the birthright We'll analyze all of that tomorrow Baruch Adonai Amen Amen